We have had six MCU TV show finale episodes so far, but how do they stack up against each other? My full MCU Disney Plus finale episode ranking right now on 15 Minutes of Marvel. There was an idea. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. We're going to do this all day. What are they called again? Annulax batteries. Harvey Larry batteries. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. I control the truth. Mysterio is the truth. Boom. You looking for this? What is up? What is up? And welcome back to 15 Minutes of Marvel, the only podcast that gives you Marvel reviews, news, and rumors in pretty much 15 minutes. I'm your host, Ethan Simi. Today on the pod, I'm ranking every single MCU TV finale episode that we have gotten so far from WandaVision to Moon Knight. I have a definitive list of MCU finale episodes that is entirely correct and no other opinions will be heard at this time. No slander of my MCU Disney Plus finale rankings because I'm sticking with it. I've written it in stone and I've carved it and there's no going back now. I have in the past done my MCU premiere episode rankings. You can go back in the podcast feed and go check that out. That was a good time. Had on a lovely, lovely guest for that one. But this time, I'm going solo. I'm trekking the path that few have trekked in order to rank the MCU Disney Plus finale episodes. And what is so interesting to me about this ranking is that we've got six very different finales. We're talking things for everybody here. WandaVision, CGI, action-packed, Loki, slow-paced, methodical, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Powerful, prominent. It seems to me that we have gotten finale episodes for all different tastes in the MCU so far. So I am curious to see where Miss Marvel will fall on this list next month when Miss Marvel wraps up with its sixth episode. But for now, I've got six finales to rank Loki, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Hawkeye, What If, and Moon Knight. These are the shows that I'm ranking specifically their final episodes. I'm not ranking them as a complete television show. I'm not ranking their premiere and first episodes, but I instead I'm ranking their last episodes uh, currently available on Disney Plus for the first seasons or entire series of these certain shows. And I gotta say, right out of the gate here, I like a lot of these finale episodes. I think Disney Plus has done a pretty good job with a lot of these finale episodes, because initially, when when I watched them the first time, I was so wrapped up and engulfed in watching the show on a weekly basis that they felt not particularly lackluster, but maybe not as good as they feel now. Now that I'm a little bit removed, I have rewatched uh, all of these series and have a better appreciation for them. I think each one is unique and individual enough to be very specifically, um, a different project and a different art form. And, and I appreciate that about a lot of these shows and finales. Uh, so let's get into it. Let's talk about some of these, these finale episodes here, these final episodes to certain shows. And we're going to start with number six. I feel like you can all guess what number six is going to be for me. I have shown basically zero love to this show on this podcast. And the uh, the bit continues. I will not be showing any more love than than absolutely just 
absolutely necessary to this show, and that would be What If. I'm going with What If, season finale, season one finale, coming in at a hard number six for me. Um, I think the show has its moments. I do. I, I like the animation style. I think at moments it can be fun and entertaining. I do think that episode four, uh, the Doctor Strange episode, is powerful. And I think it is the most important of the What Is series so far. But when we're talking exclusively about the final episode, uh, the, the last show here for What If, we get the inclusion of Gamora. I like the inclusion of Gamora. I like the idea of this character of Gamora. Now, I know it comes from an episode and a storyline that was cut. It was supposed to be nine episodes or eight episodes initially, and it got whittled down. So that episode was cut. I get that. But she still showed up in the finale. She still showed up in that last episode. We don't know who she is. I think that's a big storytelling problem. I know that these shows are rather disjointed, but it tried to be high stakes and it just wasn't attached to anything. So I feel like it fell pretty flat. I think it's a good concept. I think it's a good idea in terms of Ultron and, and Infinity Stones with Killmonger and everything that it involves and this kind of coming up with this multiverse team. What I find so interesting about this episode, I love the idea that the Watcher breaks his oath in order to get these people together. I think that's the most fascinating part of the episode. And beyond that, there's not a whole lot to write home about here. Even the post credit scene, finding Steve in that Hydra Stomper, it's fine. I don't know. It's not, it's not really a big deal for me. I, I, I like that Car- Captain Carter kind of came back, but this is just not it. This is just not it for me, so it's a hard number six. Moving on to number five here. Again, I, I feel like this will be no surprise. Uh, even though I've shown, shown some love to this, this show here, um, I'm going with Hawkeye in the number five spot. The final episode of Hawkeye, it isn't bad. So don't misconstrue this. Don't think that the the five spot is a bad spot here because it's not. I think overall, there were just better finales in in other projects. Um, I like the bright spots of this episode. We get the Yelena and Kate fight and interaction and elevator conversation. I think that plays really well and those characters really mesh together quite well. And they're a lot of fun on screen. Another bright spot, you have Yelena and Clint kind of discussing Nat and how they knew her and the whistle. I love that callback that there was pretty good action in this in this episode. You get a big fight on the skating rink. I love the all the kind of technical arrows. I thought that was a lot of fun. But here's my biggest issue with this finale. I've got two big issues. Number 1, you get this unclear, not even amb- ambiguous per se, but just just what feels like unclear ending for Kingpin and especially for Maya leading into her Echo show. You get her relationship um, with with the the bros is is not really flushed flushed out. It's just not really um, made to the level that I wanted it to be, and it doesn't really serve a huge purpose. And I feel like we're missing a lot of backstory for her and her involvement with everything that Kingpin has surrounding him. And my issue number two is that both of my bright spots of this episode involve Yelena, and when the best parts of the episode involve someone that the show isn't truly about. I feel like that's not a good sign. I feel like that is not something that should be praised to a very high level and just something something that I try to take into consideration. It did have some fun moments, but 
overall, coming in at number five, there were just better finales out there. Moving on to number four. This is a tough decision for me to make. I feel like number four is a tough spot because you're you're outside of the top three. You're outside of that top 50%. But like I said with Hawkeye, it was, it was good. It was fine. It's not that it was bad. There were just better ones. Here's my number four pick. And I'm going with WandaVision. And I know, before you come at me, before you say, you know, Ethan, WandaVision was an era. You praise WandaVision all the time. You love the WandaVision era. I absolutely love the WandaVision era. Don't get me wrong. And I love the WandaVision premiere episode. I think that's one of, if not the best premiere episode that we've gotten yet. And by far and away, the most unique MCU Disney Plus series that we've gotten so far. Here's what makes it fall to this number four spot. While the CGI felt like a big overload at the time, it doesn't necessarily feel like a big overload in retrospect, but it is still incredibly CGI heavy, and you feel it, and you can tell. And it's not always 100%, and I hate saying that. I hate, I hate looking at CGI and being like, well, that's not, a, that's not really that good of CGI. Any CGI is probably pretty good, considering that we can have a fight with magic witches in a made-up world um, I, and, and believe it. I think that's pretty impressive. But the reason it falls to the number four spot is that it was so reliant on CGI. I really feel like this would be a top contender one or two spot if it didn't have this big CGI battle, rendering of magic, and, and dealing with the, you know these hexes and in the sky and all these things. What I do like about this episode I love that you get to see the full powers of both Agatha and Wanda. You get that full transition into Scarlet Witch, which is incredible and super important moving into Phase 4 and moving into future projects for Wanda and for the Scarlet Witch. I think that's great. I think it's got the best post-credit scene of any finale that we've gotten so far. When you talk about Monica Rambeau and the Scrolls, not truthfully a post-credit scene, but really kind of part of that. And then... You get Wanda at Wondagore Mountain, astral projection, reading the dark hold, looking for Billy and Tommy in another universe, leading directly into Multiverse of Madness. I love that. I think that's incredible. And I love the dark hold. I feel like there's so much potential with the dark hold. And it does play a pretty important role in this episode. Um, I love the ship of Theseus monologue that we get. I think that's really important as well. There are lots of good moments in this series finale. And I just feel like the CGI brings it down a bit and kind of bogs it, bogs it down and, and really takes away from the core heart of the show as a whole. So it's going with the number three spot. Number, or going with the number four spot, excuse me. Number three, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Introduction of a brand new Captain America in Sam Wilson. Hella exciting. Very cool. Awesome entrance. Great fight sequences. We're talking in the sky, hand to hand, multiple people, multiple places. All very exciting things. Very powerful message in this episode. An incredible monologue from Anthony Mack as Sam Wilson as Captain America. Extremely relevant, pertinent to our world that we live in right now. And I will say the Falcon and the Winter Soldier has been, bar none, the most socially relevant show that we have gotten so far in the MCU and on Disney Plus, and it still holds true to that. I love that it pushed the boundaries, talking about race and where we stand as a country, as a nation, as a world, 
and everything that that involves. I think that is something that cannot go overlooked for this episode. I think that the final episode was the most powerful episode of this series, of the Falcon and Winter Soldier, easily. And I don't rank this season very highly as a whole. I think it's quite overstuffed. I think it tries to accomplish a lot of things that it doesn't necessarily see to fruition. We get a really uh, weird roadie cameo in the very first episode. I think there are some big misses with this show as a whole, but it got this. It got the finale right. And and um, being in the number three spot is not a slight to this at all because when I go back and rewatch it, and even when I think about it, you get this wonderful kind of closure for Bucky, which I think is so important. I don't think the post credit scene is one of the best, honestly. Um, I I don't think the power broker storyline is working so far. I don't think it's working right now. I love the U.S. agent stuff with Val. Um, I do think it gets a lot of components right. It gets a lot of components wrong but it outweighs it on the good end. And I think the the powerful relevancy of Sam as Cap and getting introduced to that next phase of Captain America, incredibly important. We're coming down to the top two here. Once I say my number two, you're going to know what my number one is, if you don't already know what my number one is, because I feel like I'm just that predictable. Number two, I am going with Moon Knight. I think Moon Knight had an incredibly entertaining final episode. You get this really wonderful blend, I think, of Loki and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You get the this really, you stay true to the core of the show and core of the message, right? Um, Mark saving Steven, Steven saving Mark, realizing he needs the other version of himself in order to survive. But then you also kind of get mixed with the Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision a little bit. You do get a lot of CGI, but you get this nice hand-to-hand combat. You get a lot of cool fight scenes. You get this mix of magic and non-magic and very Falcon and Winter Soldier style. You get introduced to a brand new character in the Scarlet Scarab. Incredible character entrance. I thought that was really fun. I love the CGI in this episode with Khonshu and Amit. I think it looks really good. Um, we knew that we were going to get a post credit scene in Jake Lockley. I think it was fun, but it was expected. I don't know what the hell it means for the future. It doesn't really make sense when you think about it. And I don't know if I'm just spouting off some hot takes real quick, um, but that's how I feel. And the one hot, mega, mega high point for this, and, and, and I think what puts it all the way in the number two spot is that it has a truly ambiguous ending. When he wakes up in his bed and you realize, okay, hold on, hold the phone. Was that all real or was that all in his head? I love shit like that. And I think it plays incredibly well and allows you, as the viewer, the opportunity to pursue that path and to think about, was that all in his head? Did it exist? Was any of this true? Because he just wakes up in his bed once again. Um, I love that. I think it's very interesting. Oscar Isaac in the MCU is just phenomenal. You love to see it and you love to have it. That brings me to the number one, the top dog, the best MCU Disney Plus final episode that we have gotten so far. We'll do the math here. Power of deduction brings us to Loki, and this is to nobody's surprise, including my own unique, powerful, methodical, emotional, stuck with the show's core theme of understanding yourself better, and Sylvie, a version of Loki himself, betrays Loki and proves that Loki cannot even be trusted by himself. I think it's incredibly deep in the meaning behind the Loki and Sylvie relationship of this show 
the monologue from Jonathan Majors as He Who Remains is just downright bone-chilling. It's incredible. It is so energetic and so well-delivered, and we tip into this new era of the MCU beyond the time that He Who Remains knows, which is really important as well. Um, and then you get, the, you get everything with Mobius, and you get that kind of side storyline. Him deciding what's right to do for himself, take a stand and against Renslayer and figure out everything for his own world. And then that ending, that fucking ending where Loki shows up and Mobius doesn't recognize him and he asks him, who are you? What are you doing here? My heart. Let me tell you, my heart just cracked into a million pieces. And even when I think about it, I can't, I can barely hold myself together. Honestly, it is heartbreaking stuff, but it is incredible writing, incredible direction, opens the door wide open for a season two. The only real, the only real claim here is that we don't get a true post credit. We don't get a true stinger. We just get a Loki season two, which, you know, is the first and only time we've gotten a season two approval, um, kind of, or confirmation in a show. So shout out for that. But you know, it is rather, um, uh, lackluster, I guess you could say. But I think Loki does everything right. I think you get a nice combination of hand-to-hand combat, you get really powerful, meaningful, emotional beats, great monologue from wonderful actors. I think it has it all going for it, and uh, Loki supremacy continues to reign. And if re- really, if there were ever an era, it was it was the Loki era, and we all we all know this. Um, so the Loki era remains supreme. You love to see it. Uh, number one, Loki. Number two, Moon Knight. Number three, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Number four, WandaVision. Number five, Hawkeye. And number six, What If. What are your MCU Disney Plus finale episode rankings? Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter, at 15MinuteMarvel. Let me know if you feel similarly to me or not. And uh, I'm curious where all of these fall on your ranking list. Because, um, you know, what would the MCU be? If, uh, if we didn't rank every single thing, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms. Huge shout out to the patrons of the show, Brandon Clark, Alan Cole Peacock, Corelli, Christina, TJ Zorch, Jessica, and Carlos Freitas. Thank you all so, so much for your support of the pod. I will see you back here next time. I'm Ethan Simi, and remember, always go higher, further, and faster. 